Hi, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj. And on this podcast, we're going to talk about some deep stuff. I'm here to tell you that you're amazing. And often, the only person who can't see that is you. No matter who you are, what you do, or where you're from, there's greatness in you. Let's talk about it. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Jamil Sayaj, and welcome to the Transformation Starts Today podcast, where I interview leaders, champions, and high performers from all walks of life as they share their story, the lessons they've learned along the way, and empowering perspectives to help you create an extraordinary life without regret, starting today. Today we have with us Joshua Margolis, the CEO of Mind Over Matter Health and Fitness. Joshua Margolis is a personal trainer with numerous certifications, as well as a bachelor's degree in sports psychology. For nearly a decade, Joshua has been working in the health and fitness arena, designing personalized fitness programs for individuals and corporations, which incorporate motivational techniques to enhance performance. Joshua is also the fitness model in the Duke Diet, a world-renowned health and fitness book. His fitness philosophy is, your self-image and habits go hand in hand, change one, and you will automatically change the other. Whatever your fitness goals are, he will help you realize your dreams. Joshua, it is an honor to have you with us. Welcome to the show. Pleasure to be here. Thanks, Jamil. So good to be with you, man. How are you doing? I'm good, man. It's always a pleasure to see you. I have to live up to that lofty introduction, as well as your your own for, for your podcast. I feel like I'm in the ring of honor now. No, man, you are, you, you belong here. <laughs> and uh, this, this conversation's a long time coming. You know, for those who don't know, Joshua and I go on hikes fairly often. And in our last hike, we actually talked about it. I said, I'd love to have you on the show. I know there's so much wisdom and knowledge you've accumulated throughout your own life experience and the people that you've worked with. And I'd love to have you share with us today. And so for my listeners who don't yet know you, they don't know your story. I found that each of us is the hero of our own story. You know, we've experienced challenges and setbacks and adversities that we've overcome to get to where we are today. If you'd please share with us, what is your hero story? Right. I love being my own protagonist. That's, that's the story <laughs> I, I, I would write. I, I do blur the lines uh, of protagonist and, and antagonist. It, it depends. I, I think we're, we're, we're all that. I think you got to have or at least recognize one side to recognize the other. Um, so look, we, we write our own story. I, I believe those words without a doubt. I, I think if I look back to where I started this fitness journey, this professional fitness journey that I'm on, not for my own, just my own fitness, but for the fitness of others, uh, you know, it started just innocently enough, my first job at a, at a health club, uh, you know, as a lowly trainer on the totem pole, uh, I was, you know, sort of just getting my feet wet, learning not just about fitness and, and exercise physiology and anatomy and kinesiology and all the science behind it, but on the other side, how to run a business and not just as a trainer, but how to start and run Mind Over Matter Health and Fitness, which the reality from the business side could be anything. It's the idea of structuring yourself, organizing yourself, having goal setting expectations, and then you know, following through on them. Uh, I think for me, fitness always seemed to be a good fit. It was always something that I was interested in and not just the physical part of it, but the, the mental, the psychological uh, approach to it and what it does for me, what exercise does for me, not just from the physical, but how I feel, how I feel mentally, the release of the neurochemical transmitters in my brain and body to positive self-image to sense of accomplishment, um, you know, something set forth and done and accomplished and just try to pass that on to other people. Absolutely, man. I know something that you talked about, about having in a way like this, this structure. When I was first starting my business, I had been coaching long before then, but doing it for free and just loving people and wanting to help people. And then when I turned it into a business, I had some immediate success, which is beautiful. But then shortly after, there were two kind of primary, what I would call now, kind of errors in judgment that I made that I want to <laughs> okay. share because I think, and I'd love to get your perspective on this as well. Yeah. 
because I want this conversation to benefit everyone because on the surface, you know, there's going to be health, there's going to be fitness talk in this, but this can apply to everybody. And so from a general business perspective, one of the first, what I would call mistakes that I made is I treated my business like a hobby, not a business. I didn't have the structure. I didn't have the discipline. I didn't have the metrics. I wasn't tracking the things and no surprise, you know, I ran into a lot of problems with that. And then the second aspect came from this idea. I remember hearing from a mentor, the time to market is when you don't need to do it. <laughs> you know, you know, it's like when your business is doing really well, that's right. what you're marketing. That's when you're putting all your effort into getting the word out because there's no neediness. There's just this like sense of abundance. But when you come from that place of, oh, everything kind of dried up and now I really need, whether it's a customer or a client or whatever, people feel that and it doesn't put you in a good position. So those were two um, kind of challenges I ran into early on. When you were in your early stages of your business, like you said, you were on the low end of that totem, totem pole in the beginning of the trainer, yeah. and then you started your own thing. What were some challenges you ran into and how you overcame them that could benefit not only people in the health and fitness space, but anyone who's running a business? I think, and by the way, there's two great examples you, you nailed before. I remember when I started out on my own, somebody got me this book. I have it still on my shelf somewhere, but it was How Not to Succeed in Business. It was <laughs> written, written by somebody who, and, and this is going to get to my point here, is it was written by somebody, I think it was a, like a clothing, uh, a failed clothing line. And it was about all the mistakes that uh, he made. A guy with significant amount of money that he made in another institution, another arena, put it towards his clothing industry, and it just it blew up. It bottomed out. It just you know the ground went under the feet. So the, what I was gonna say is one of the things I learned is that you can learn from anyone and everyone. You can you can learn not just by from somebody who's successful. That's clearly who we should pattern ourselves after. But you can learn from the people that didn't succeed as well. As long as they're open and transparent about it, you want to hear about some of the mistakes and the pitfalls that they've made along the way. So hopefully you don't repeat those. Now, there is something to be said about sometimes the best mistakes are the ones you make yourself and you learn the most from that. But if you can learn from someone else's transgressions, mm -hmm. then you know, you're already ahead of the game. So I, I would say... People are always, you can, whether somebody's offering it or not, you could always learn from somebody. It might not be what they're offering, but by watching them, studying them, seeing what they've done successfully and what they failed at, you can learn from that. Um, and, you know, another thing is I'm not, you know, reinventing the wheel here. There's already models that exist that I have kind of patterned myself after. It wasn't as if I was just creating some radical notion that never existed before. It's a small business. It's the idea of whether it's selling pizza or training people, the, the model, well, those models are slightly different, of course, but the idea of this already exists. I'm, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. So I, I read a lot of those books, you know, uh, like things about the E-Myth, Who Moved My Cheese, all these different books. I, I think there's some redundancy to it, but there's a reason why there's redundancy because some things are fact, as the kids say, hashtag facts. And you cannot change that as much as you want to. Certain things you need to follow lock, stock, and barrel. I think the creativity could come in the service itself, but the way it's, it's packaged, I think there's so many existing examples out there of what is successful. The idea is to find one that you can identify and resonate with and use that. Yeah. It, something you said reminded me of a quote, you know, it's learn from the mistakes of others because you're never going to live long enough to make them all yourself. <laughs> Good. I like that <laughs> one. Also, like, kind of neither would you want to, right? Like why would you want to make yeah. all of the mistakes? But, but like right. you said, I, I agree that there is a power to when you made it and it was significant enough for you that you learned the lesson mm -hmm. and it sticks with you. I think that's why very often when it's probably one of the reasons why we don't typically learn from the mistakes of others, because there's no kind of emotional trauma or challenge associated to it for us. It was for the other person. And right. so just like there's something in, in psychology called a significant emotional event where you might have an experience that you might deem as a trauma. And that's why it really landed for you. It was significant for you. So in that same kind of way, somebody else's significant emotional event led to this immense learning. Then they share it with you but you didn't have the significant emotional event. So you may or may not 
grab a hold of that lesson and apply it as if you did have that experience. But yeah, either way, I know that we started by saying, you know, you are the CEO of Mind Over Matter Health and Fitness. Can you please share with us what is that and how right. do you help people with that? Right. So let's start with that. Mind Over Matter is a fitness platform. It works in two different fashions. One way is virtual and the other is in person. So we do one-on-one, predominantly one-on-one training sessions, whether that's personal training, Pilates, yoga, other outside-the-box disciplines, maybe kickboxing, boxing. Uh, we have a former triathlete on staff to mind-body disciplines, meditation, tai chi, qigong. We're sort of a one-stop and shop fitness service. I have a diverse team of fitness professionals that enable me to do this. So if somebody comes in and they want a personal training workout, we could set them up with one of our finest. They want a yoga, if they want a Pilates session, if they want to box, if they want to meditate, if they're training for a race, if whatever it is, my job is to be what I call myself, the fitness matchmaker, to find somebody's fitness match. We all have a match out there in our personal lives. You have a fitness match for yourself as well. We could circle back to that. So we do that one-to-one virtually in 30-minute increments. I'm not a believer in a virtual 60-minute workout. I think it's extraneous. I think people lose attention and focus. And I think there's a sort of the law of diminished returns. You get to a certain point, you're not doing any good for your body anymore. In fact, you could be doing detrimental uh, service to it. So virtually, we can be anywhere and everywhere. Uh, I was last week in Malaysia, albeit virtually. Uh, This summer, I've been in Spain, Italy, France. Um, I regularly have a client in Hawaii, uh, Texas, Florida. Uh, So I can be anywhere that the signal takes me. And that tends to be for people who have a busy lifestyle. Let's be honest here, we have to know who we are. Some people don't have an hour that they can work out. An hour seems daunting, but they have 30 minutes. And the reason we can do this is we have a simple philosophy. Your body is the best piece of equipment you'll ever need. Mm. So when we work out with people in person, same theory applies. We could see them in their apartments. We could see them out in the park. We could see them where the trainer shows up with some bands or maybe a medicine ball or some equipment on their back. And we use the natural surroundings as the gym, whether it's a tree or a bench or a rock or a hill, or we use mother nature as our gym, as our workout. So those are the two sort of institutions or the two fashions that we train in, predominantly one-on-one the occasional class. And we have, you know, a lot of different specialties depending on what that person's looking for. Yeah. I'd imagine, especially over the last several years during the pandemic, that shifting into a virtual space, first and foremost, from a business perspective, was probably fantastic. But also from just a health and convenience kind of perspective, a lot of people might've been afraid to go out into a gym if it was even open or to even meet up, let's say as a group in a park or something like that when people were distancing. But as it relates to what have you found to be the benefits of working out virtually opposed to doing it in person? And what have been maybe some of the things that you've learned along the way that some people might think, oh, it's a virtual workout. Maybe it won't be as good, but this is what you've done. Kind of remedy that. Yeah. I I think it's like with anything else, right? We come into a situation with you know, preconceived expectations and notions about what something is based on our own experience or, or based on, you know, uh, again, like just hearsay or perception. And normally more times than not, it's not true. The, the virtual workout works simply because, and like I said, there's, there's no secret here, exercise and a getting results is about consistency. Boring, I know nobody wants to hear it. It's so dull. It's it is, and look, that's like anything else, Jamil. Right? It's like anything else in life. You got to be consistent at it before you can be good at it. Very mm-hmm. few of us have a skill where we just pick something up and we are great at it. And by the way, if you're one of those people, God bless you. Uh, you know, everybody else hates you because you can do this <laughs> like without any practice. So most of us have to work hard. So here's here's why the virtual workout works. 
it's the consistency of it. I would say my virtual clients 10 out of 10 times make the workout because if you're canceling a virtual workout, you got to have one hell of an excuse. There is no reason to cancel. You wake up, you can work out. Things that happen in life that tend to derail you from exercise aren't happening with a virtual workout. And then also sometimes when you have to reschedule a work, virtual workout, it's so much easier. When you have to schedule reschedule an in-person workout, now you're rescheduling for two people because you got the trainer has to reschedule too. So it's th the amount of time that you can do it is is less. So with the virtual workouts, they're almost guaranteed. People who go on vacation, as I said before, I was in Malaysia last week. You have no reason to cancel. And don't look at work getting going on vacation as getting away from workout. That's a different mindset. We can talk about that later. Um, People who are traveling for business, we don't need equipment. You could set me up in the hotel room. People that are away with family, they're out you know, at the beach somewhere. I did a workout at Long Beach the other day where I set up my tablet and this guy was down in Miami, set up his on the beach. So the reasons that most people give for missing exercise, they kind of shrivel up, they shrink. There's not much left to them. And as we know, there's a lot of reasons if you're looking for a reason not to work out, you don't have to look far. It's right there in front of you. So, so I would say that's, that's one advantage. You get the consistency of it. Um, and there is accountability of it as well. People think it's, it's the opposite, that I won't have the accountability. But let's be realists here, okay? We have a 24-hour cancellation policy. You're paying for that workout. So, hey, you can miss it. But if you keep seeing that Venmo account being deleted, you might change your mind. Yeah. It might be, and and, that's, and I'm not judging, maybe money is what motivates people, the, the making it or not losing it. So sometimes that could be the motivator as well. But either way, I get the same response, especially from my morning people. Josh, I would be hitting snooze right now if it wasn't for you. And that's what people say. And that's the reality of it. People would be hitting snooze. Um, I am. You know, it's the same thing as, um, you know, I came up in the industry years ago when uh, the DVD was the thing. It was the DVD workouts. You know, people had stacks. You might have been a bit young, but I know you know what I mean. I'm sure, I'm sure somebody you knew in the family had like the stack of like the workout yeah. DVDs. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's great. They're great. They're great if you use them. <laughs> if not, you know, they, they, they look nice. There's a nice clutch. So it's the same thing with, with uh, you know, streaming services now. And I, I love some of the streaming services. I, I do. I, I use some of the Peloton workouts for myself, but they're, they're not going to wake you up. They're not going to charge you if you don't use them. So you don't have the same accountability mm -hmm. to them. Um, you know, and that's, that's sort of what we bring is accountability. That's really what it is. I, I think it's so it's really good to spend some, a moment or two just delving into that because I think that just like, let's say somebody has a friend who maybe lives in the neighborhood and you're going to wake up in the morning and go for a walk together. You're going to go for a run together, or you both go to the same gym and you're going to work out together. And they say, I'll meet you there like Wednesday at this time. Yeah. Well, if you wake up and you don't have someone like that, it's easy to kind of be like that person. You said, hit the snooze button, go back to sleep, or I don't feel like it today. But sometimes you don't feel like it, but just the knowledge that if I don't show up on the corner of that street at 630 in the morning, my friend's going to be standing there by him or herself waiting yeah. for me. <laughs> and so I just love it. you out of bed in that same way, like you said, I had some of those fitness DVDs. And like you said, just <laughs> having that fitness DVD, yeah. but it's just there and you have access. You can use it whenever you want. It sounds great, but right, it also right. is like detrimental because you can use it whenever you want. So yeah. you don't have to use it now. <laughs> and yeah. so when you think, when you, when you fall into that category of, oh, wait, I've got this, let's say virtual workout for the next 30 minutes scheduled with Josh, Josh and his team. And if I just don't show up, it's the equivalent of my friend is just kind of waiting for me, but it's even more intense. Yeah. I also paid for it. And so I have money on the line. I've got, I gave my word that I'd be there. Like all that's going into it too. And I think that accountability and just raising that standard that people hold themselves to is just such a game changer as well as the accountability and consistency component. This consistency, like you said, it can be dull. It can be boring. But at the end of the day, the amount of times I've, someone has told me, hey, Jamil, you know, I really, 
I'm a little disappointed. And I go, why is that? And they say, I'm not creating the results that I want in their business, in their health, their relationship, whatever it is. Well, what do you want? And then they tell me, okay, what are you doing about that? Oh, I'm doing this. And it seems like it's actually a pretty good strategy. How long have you been doing that for? And that's where the trouble comes in. It's like, oh, I've been doing it for six weeks. Meanwhile, it'll probably take six years to create the result they're looking for. And it's just this unmet, or not unmet, but rather a expectation, inappropriate expectation. That's it. So if we yes. have inappropriate expectations of time, how long is it actually going to take? I think that's what people really want to know. It's like, all right, how long will this take me? Because if it's important to me, I'm going to stick with it. But I want to know, because if I think it'll take three weeks, but it'll take three months, then I'm going to quit before I even get you know the ball rolling. But it's not because I'm not doing it right. It's just because I think it should be happening faster than before. Right. And that's a great point, too. I think fitness, there's a lot of disciplines and institutions, but fitness seems to be one of those things where people look at it should be like, boom, overnight. Because And honestly, that's the marketing of fitness. It really is. It's 30-day this, 60-day this, 90-day this. Like that, That's how it's presented. And it's great marketing. It, it is because it's catchy. It sells. People are looking for something quick. But you know, if, if you spent the last year on your butt, I, I, it's good. <laughs> You're not going to undo a year in, in, in a month. You're not going to do that. I usually tell people for every month that they take off, it's going to take at least that to get back. So you have an exercise in 12 months. It's going to take 12 months to get get you back. It really is because it's not just what physically you've done to your body, but, you know, psychologically, the patterns that you've created, you have to now break out of that. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's tough, like to change a habit, you know, to, to, you know, what do you have to do something like what a hundred times before it becomes a habit. But if you do something that's a bad habit once it's, it's a bad habit. So it's like, it, it's so much harder to change that mindset. I think that's why having a trainer can help it's not just, you know, somebody, of course, holding your feet to the fire, but, you know, you want to, you want to have a connection. I'm, I'm sure you identify that the people that work with you, it's not just your message. It's you're the messenger. So I think that's with the trainers too. And, and that's why I have a stable of people, uh, stable of people. There's, there's a right fitness match for somebody. It's not just the discipline, but it's that person that brings it to you. Sometimes I don't connect to certain people I don't connect with, and that's okay. Maybe there's somebody on my team that is better served connecting with that individual, maybe shared life experience, maybe, you know, have having something in common. I, I think the person is as vital as the discipline itself. Uh, I always give the analogy of the, that class that we took in college that maybe we didn't like the class, but we just fell in love with the instructor. And like, okay, that I don't know why I took agricultural sciences when I was back in college, but I remember that teacher and I was like, wow, I, I love this class. I love coming to class because the teacher I connected with and resonated with, he made the, the material come to life, you know? So I think it's the same with fitness. It's finding that person that can make it engaging and interesting and, and fun. You know, you want to enjoy what you're doing. You don't want to do it just because... You, you have to, you know, and I, and I think, you know, maybe you start out that way. And, and, and a lot of people come to that point in their life where like, oh my God, I got to do something. And sometimes that can be the wake up call. But eventually, if you, if you do it just because you have to, you're not going to, it's not going to last. It's just, yeah. you're, you're going to be like this, right? You're going to be like one of those people that, you know, hey, I, I dropped those 20 pounds and then six months, oh, hey, I, uh, I, I gained back those 20 and, 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 uh, and plus, plus 10 or something like that. So, yeah, you know, this idea of it being engaging and fun, I think is so crucial. You know, before I, you know, went full-time into the coaching back when I was practicing medicine, I remember speaking with patients and they would often share with me, you know, doc, I, I want to work out, but I hate going to the gym. And I would share with them, you know, there's a lot of ways to work out and going to the gym is just one of them. Because you might love to dance, you might love to swim, anything that's you're moving your body, you're getting your heart rate up, you're doing something that's fun for you, that counts. And it's like, I hope everyone is listening because, you know, like Joshua mentioned it, at times, you know, fitness, getting in shape, it can be tough. 
So we don't want to stack the deck against you. We don't want you to, we don't want right. it to be tough at times and you hate it. <laughs> we want you to do something that is enjoyable. And if you can partner with someone like a trainer, then on top of you enjoying it, you actually like it. That will like the person that's even better, right. but getting close. Agreed. To yourself, I'm alive right now, regardless of how long it's been since my last workout, regardless of my weight, regardless of what I look like, any of that, I have the power to step into a new version of me starting right now because our lives are created by the decisions that we make moment by moment by moment. And everyone listening, right. it's not too late. No matter how old you are right now, you're listening. Even if it's just, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm just going to stand up and then sit down like four or five yeah. times. People have told me over the years, it's like, oh yeah, you know, I didn't do my workout. Oh, why is that? You know, I couldn't go to the gym. And they were telling me this clients of mine, like during COVID when you know I was doing all my workouts at home and they were saying right. I couldn't go to the gym. It's like, yeah, but can you drop on the floor and do some push-ups? Or could you just right. do some squats? Could you go for a walk around the block? And there's no judgment around it. It's coming from that right. space of notice where we stack the, the conditions kind of against us. I can't blank because blank. So now you're coming up with all the reasons why it won't work and why you can't do it versus being creative and committed to say, okay, my commitment is to doing the workout, whatever that is. And my normal way of doing that, the vehicle, let's say, is the gym with the trainer and all that. But right now, maybe that's not available to me for whatever the reason. Oh, well, here's Joshua and they have the virtual workouts. Or maybe I don't know about that, but I can do the push-ups, or I have some dumbbells or I've, I can go for a walk. I can go to the park. I can do something. If you're committed, you've, as the old expression goes, if you're committed, you find a way. If you're not, you find the excuse. And again, there's no judgment there. It's just that observation that notice where you are selling yourself on why you can't do it. Right. I, I, look, you're making a point. I know this is in your wheelhouse. This is what we talk about. Uh, it, it is all mindset. The difference between success and, and failure it is really marginal. It's 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 not it's it's razor thin it's looking at things sometimes in the big picture can be daunting as opposed to looking at it more incrementally to the point you're making before like okay you don't you don't have to you didn't get to the gym today did you did you walk around the block did you maybe have uh something healthy to eat did you maybe get good sleep did you these these things will add up over time and, and accumulate i, I think People want to resign themselves to, oh, this is how it is, and this is a certain way. I, I think that's probably dangerous thinking in general, right? It's not just for, for fitness. Like, okay, it's, it's, it's really, it's lazy and dismissive thinking is what it is. Well, this is how it's been, so this is how it's going to be. No, no, no. That's, that, that's, that's making an excuse. That's, people use it as a platform for how society should be, right? Well, this is how it's been, so this is how it should be. No. So that's not how it is with your body. Just because your body's and you've done things a certain way, that doesn't mean that's always how it has to be. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, change, and I know we've kind of talked about this as well, like, like change can sometimes be daunting. Change can be scary and, you know, it's, you can fear it. It's, I don't think that, you know, that's okay, but ultimately you're going to have to learn to embrace it because it's, it's going to happen whether, whether you want it or not. That train is always moving. So you're either on that train or under it. So your choice, where, where do you want to be? And something about this consistency, and this speaks to the work that you do with also your team, you know, the idea of kind of falling off the wagon, if you want to call it that, that happens to all of us. And I know in my own life, in recent history, as I consider myself one of probably the most disciplined and committed people that I know. <laughs> and yet right, right. all that. I hired this guy who was a vocal coach for me and it was going phenomenally. And he gave me this like one hour exercise voice routine to do. And I was doing it every day. And then like two months went by and we finished our work together and I had the recording. And I'm like, all right, so I'm going to go through that every day for an hour. I did it for probably a week or two. And then I just fell off and I didn't do it for like three months. <laughs> and I started to notice oh, all the benefit I was getting just kind of stopped happening. But when I was working with them week by week by week, I was, there was this extra degree of motivation. And so when I, and I can, I don't want to speak for you, but I know for myself, at least there's no judgment at all in, oh, you know, you're trying it, you're falling off the wagon. It's not about you. It's not like you're not disciplined or you're not this. We all have our moments of being it and not being it. It's just getting really clear. Is this a priority for me? Why? 
and then play into what I call the three types of accountability. The first type of accountability is self-accountability. And so sometimes we can do that really well. And sometimes we can't, you know, case in point, my example of that voice thing. I had times of doing it really well. And then then I just fell off and I stopped doing it. The second is having a coach or a trainer or a partner, someone that you've committed to, in this case, financially, where you're invested. And now it's like, okay, I got someone else counting on me. And then the third is peer accountability. I'm going to go tell the people that are most important to me. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, announce it far and wide on Facebook that this is what I'm up to. This is what I'm doing. And you can count on me getting this result by this day. And if it doesn't happen, this is what I'm going to do. And now there's a consequence. So these are all things that you're stacking the deck in your favor. So if, if I know that, okay, in this area, self-accountability, I can do that. But in this area, I've consistently shown myself I have trouble with that. There's no shame in that. Hire someone, do some uh, peer accountability, and you can make so much magic happen in your life. I, I love the last one, the, the accountability of the, it, you should be shouting it from the rooftops. Like, I feel like making something public, mm-hmm. now everybody knows, now you feel that sense. I, I think it's great. Like, I always tell my clients, you should tell everybody you're working with a trainer. Like, oh, I don't want to let everybody know until I start losing weight. I'm like, no, no, no. Tell them now. Now. Because then the next time you see that person, I'm like, oh, how's it going with the trainer? It's going to be something that you're going to have to deal with. It's like any other issue or if something's a problem, you keep it in. That's not how you solve it. You open it up. Everyone knows now you're forced to deal with it. So it's the same thing with fitness. It's like, don't keep it in. Get it out there. Let people know either that you're starting to exercise or maybe you're working with a trainer or you're looking to work with a trainer. I think it just comes up more in conversation and then it lends itself some accountability. And then there's such a thing as, you know, positive peer pressure. Yeah. Let's use it in a positive way. You know, it's like, I think you could, instead of don't looking at it in a negative fashion, lose it, use it positively. It's positive peer pressure. Yeah. And I think that the last probably five or 10 minutes, we've really flushed this out, but in case there's anything more to add, can you share with us, you know, why did you decide to name your business Mind Over Matter? And, yeah. and, what, and kind of what does that mean to you? And how did you arrive at that? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's funny. Um, look, it's a cliche is what it is. It's what it comes down to. And uh, I have no problem admitting that I love cliches. I do because it, what the expression, it's a cliche because it's true. Yeah. So the, the, we say these things repeatedly. And, and I find myself sometimes... And I say to my clients, I hope I'm not a broken record because I find myself saying the same cliches over and over. Mind or matter is a cliche. It certainly is. It's simplistic. It's easy to interpret. And it's easy to understand. Okay. So mind, yes, you have the power over your body. In most instances, obviously there's extreme cases where we don't have this ability to do that. Those are different instances. But, um, you know, my background is sports psychology. That's sort of how I got into this. Um, I always, you know, I used to, this is when I was right out of college, work with collegiate athletes, helping them with like visualization techniques and ways to improve their performance. Nothing physical related, nothing fitness related, all mind related. And that was sort of where I thought really I was going to head in that direction. But I started going more into the general fitness area. I got more of my certifications, um, from these organizations, NASM, ACE, these are all certifying organizations for fitness. And I chose though to use the same philosophies that I did with these collegiate athletes for everyday people. If it's, if it's good enough for multi-million dollar athletes, then it's good enough for everyday people. If it's good enough for people whose bodies are worth $30 million a year, and then it's good enough for you. So it's about adapting yourself Focusing on, and again, all the cliches, what uh, it's 90% mental. Uh, the mind is the most powerful muscle. Uh, everything from the neck up, all these things, they, they ring true. Because on we look at it the, the top tier, right? Professional athletes. The, the difference between those people are, are, are so slim between those that are successful in their sport and, and those that are not. All these men and women are just so physically gifted. We're talking about 0.0001% of the population. What differentiates the ones that are successful versus the ones that just get into the league? Their talent is nominal, the nominal difference between it, but it, it's mindset, it's approach. 
So it's the same thing in general fitness. It's your approach, how you look at it, how you identify with it. And if you're able to make it a part of your day-to-day life, putting this part first, being conscious in the workout, not just following a routine, not just reading off of a checklist or watching a video, checking in with yourself. How do I feel? How do I feel in this moment? How do I feel when I'm done? What was it that made me feel so good? Like, like you want to be cognizant. You want to be present in that moment. So all this involves the mind and it just seemed like a natural, you know, fit for, for a name. Yeah. Um, so we had, we had to go mind over matter NYC because there is a, there's a mind over matter out there. We couldn't get the, the copyright. To it. It's another fitness company. Obviously, again, like I said in the beginning, I'm not reinventing the wheel. <laughs> Somebody already had that idea. So we had to go mind over matter NYC. And there's also this idea of adding to the point of consistency. You talked about mindset. I have found that one of the, a hack, if you want to call it that, a way to drive that consistency, that motivation, that desire to keep doing what you're doing in terms of a health and fitness routine so much deeper into your very being is get clear on who else benefits outside of just you. When we, when we can expand it from it's only me, nobody will know all that kind of stuff. If I stop doing it to I've got children, let's say, or I want to have children or I've got a partner or I've got my parent, whoever it is, it's counting on me from my own perspective. I don't want to let them down. So I'm going to work really hard. And I remember I've had friends, excuse me, colleagues and clients who had, you know, kids that were younger than five, 10 years old. And when you think about why they do what they do, despite it being hard and challenging and difficult, they persevere because they say, you know, my mom or my dad passed away because of health reasons when I was young. I don't want that to happen to my kids. I want to be there to walk my son or my daughter down the aisle. Like I want to do these things. And it's like, if you can come from that space and connect to a why, why are you taking care of your health? And obviously doing it for yourself is awesome. And if you can come up with a bunch of reasons for that, because of how it makes you feel and the motivation and how you like how you look and all that, beautiful. But if you add onto it, all the other people that benefit, you might, you become a role model maybe for your kids where now they want to take care of their health because of the way you do it, the sky's the limit. And when you can get really creative with it, it's so much easier to stick with it. I look, I think that's a great way to look at it. You're right. I, I, to, to your point, um, you know, when we're doing some of these workouts, some of the virtual ones as specifically, uh, and somebody has like a young kid and the kid like walks in on mom or dad doing the workout, like they are like so absorbed in what's going on. Like they're jumping all over the parent. They're like showing off, like doing jumping jacks and push-ups. I'm like, let me see what you can do. Like, like they, they hook line and sinker. They are so into it. It's, we forget movement is natural. That, that's what we do. And these kids are just predisposed to it. But I love knowing, seeing the kid. And I'm like, oh, hey, is mommy doing a good job? You know, how's has dad doing a good push-up? Like, I, I want them to sort of like see how hard and how important something like this is to their parents. So look, they, a kid learns by watching, right? I mean, you could tell that kid anything and everything at nauseum, but ultimately they're going to, they're going to see it. They're going to mimic the behavior they see or don't see, right? I love that. And so true. Kids, yeah. like you said, kids don't do what we say necessarily. They do what they see us do and they model after us. And so there's that expression like, do as I say, not as I do. That doesn't work. You know, most of the time, a kid is not going to follow that. They're going to look at what you're doing and they're going to model that behavior. And if you don't have any kids and if you don't plan to have any kids, think of it. Maybe you have a business. Maybe you have an idea that you want to birth and bring into the world. Well, are you going to be around long enough to raise that idea? Are you going to be around long enough to see the impact that it could have in the world and enjoy the fruits of that business and that idea? Like take care of yourself. And not only do you have the energy, but you just feel so vibrant in your body that you become a inspiration to everyone around you. Right. I agree. Health is the number one resource. It, it, it really is. It's mental and physical health. That's, it, it starts with that, you know, I mean, that's look, people place a value on everything differently, but I think those go hand in hand. That's the most valuable asset we have that along with time, right? Can't make any more time. You can't buy any more time. 
Well, what's the sense of having all this time unless you have a healthy existence? You have a long life, but if you're living in pain, what, what kind of life is that? If you're living in discomfort or if you're not you know, happy and, and healthy and satisfied with your body and mind, that's tough sledding, it's a tough way to go through life. Yeah, something that you just kind of brought to my mind you know, I've been around this this world of health transformation since I was 14. And I've learned from conventional physicians, alternative practitioners, like every kind of practitioner you can imagine, all these different life philosophies. And if there's anything that I've learned, it's that you are not, you know, your diagnosis. And there's always something you can do to improve your situation. And so often we kind of fall into this almost like disempowered space of, this is just the way that it is. I'm in pain. This is happening. That's happening. There's nothing I can do. And it's not, you know, your fault because let's say that's what your doctor told you. That's what your healthcare practitioner told you and you right. believe them and they're not lying to you because that's what they know. But there are other kind of practitioners. And my point here is that there's always a way there's always, you might not be able to cure what you got, but you can definitely improve it. You can definitely make the quality of life better. You can definitely make your pain decrease. Don't give up keep looking. Like we said, you're alive right now. You've got an opportunity. And in the context of this conversation, exercise and fitness is one of the you know, biggest points of leverage that you have to do that. And so Joshua, exactly. given your background, the experiences you've had, the success you've created for yourself, for your clients, what have you have found to be some of the primary blocks that hold people back from experiencing the yeah. health and the fitness that they could experience? Right. I, I think in where we've been touching on it, this conversation, I, uh, you know, you can't, you, you don't dwell on the past. Don't dwell on what hasn't worked because there's a lot of that. <laughs> there's, you know, talking about mistakes, like life is littered with all these things that did not work for you along the way. I think you should draw from that. You should say, okay, I, I know what doesn't work for me. Like use it as a positive. Don't use it as a negative. So these experiences you have that maybe you're defining who you, who you are, try to draw more of the positive on it. Um, I'd say other things is go outside your comfort zone, right? Maybe try something different that you never thought you'd be into. Maybe you never thought you'd be into yoga or maybe you never thought you'd be into Pilates or if you do yoga and Pilates, maybe you thought you'd never get into boxing. Maybe you thought, look, the worst case scenario is you, you do it and you don't like it. That's all. Nothing bad's gonna happen. You're not gonna injure yourself. Not gonna hurt yourself. You, you do it. You, you don't like it. Maybe you're somebody who, you know, you never felt like you had the athleticism to play a competitive sport. I always tell my clients like, the worse you are at a sport, the harder you have to work at it. Therefore, the more energy and more calories you're burning to do it. So it's a better workout. If you're bad at tennis, you're running all over the court. It's a great workout. Like, look at it as the glass half full. Another cliche, but yes, look at it down like look at it the more positive in a more positive way. So I, I would say don't let what hasn't worked for you or your failures define you. You know, you can start over at any point. Um and like I said, have something that maybe you go outside your comfort zone. Maybe you try something a little bit different than what you've been used to doing in the past because most people that see me, what they've been doing in the past has not been working for them. That's why they're seeing you, right? <laughs> right. This yeah. is why. Uh, it's just a personal story that I think could really help at least one person who's listening. You talked about not letting your past, in the, like, you know, failures, mistakes, whatever somebody might want to label it as, but not letting your past dictate your future. And so years ago, when I, I lived in, I went to medical school in Arizona, I was there for five years. And I think in my third year, it was, it might've been second, but I'm pretty sure my third year, I was in an indoor rock climbing gym and I was starting to get into that sport. I had some friends that were far better than I was at it. And I went with two of them and, you know, they may be listening. And so they know, the, they know the story. And so we're, they both climbed the wall and it's called bouldering. You know, there's no harness or anything. You're sure. Right. Of course. And if you fall, you fall and you land on some mat, hopefully in a safe way. And I wasn't as fortunate and I dislocated my right, my right shoulder. And, yeah. you know, in the moment I kind of made this internal, if you want to call it a commitment, like a declaration, I'm never doing that again. Like I'm never allowing that to happen. Fast forward um, one month ago uh, or two months ago, I went to Arizona, visit some friends. I did, I did an energy healing training over there. 
And uh, while I'm there, first day, I just landed. I'm getting ready to get my rent-a-car, drive to my friend's house where I'm staying. And they say, hey, whole group of us, we're going rock climbing tonight. Do you want to come? And, <laughs> and immediately, it's like you spend three or four years in this location, my shoulders back to normal. And the thought is, hell no, I don't want to do that. <laughs> and then I thought, you know what? It's been a while. Like, I can do it safer. Like, uh, there's, there's a reason why it happened before. And I said, all right, I'll be there. So I go, I have a harness this time, but I, I go and I'm, it's a 50 foot wall and it's my turn to go. And I start climbing up and I'm only probably five feet up and I'm already starting to get nervous and scared. Not because I'm high, but because I'm afraid if I go any higher, that thing might happen again. Right. And I, like you said, I stopped myself. I breathed through it. I said, all right, like, I'm not going to live my life of what was, I'm not going to come from fear. So I broke through that and I had a really good time that night. And when I came back to New York, I said, you know what? I want to get back into including some more hobbies into my life. I wonder if there's a rock climbing gym somewhat near me. I found a gym that's within less than 20 minutes from my house. I've been going there for three weeks now, like three times a week. And it has been such a fun experience and getting better better each time. And I bring it up because that's something that in if I look at it through a certain lens, that was a negative aspect of my past that I could have robbed myself from the, the, the wonderful experiences I've had over the last three weeks, the people that I've met in that gym that have been really cool, the future friends you know, I'm going to meet there, so on and so forth. So regardless of what's happened in the past, regardless of what didn't work for you, like I often tell people when they tell me I tried that and it didn't work, I'll tell them, it's not that it didn't work. It's that the way you did it didn't work. Didn't work. And when That's you realize it that way, because it works for some people. So it can't be that it doesn't work. Right. Right. You worked it. That, <laughs> That's a great way to put it. You're right. It's not that it didn't work. Right. So I, I have that conversation. Plenty of times. Clients always ask me, uh, we're talking about like different people go to the gym, different cardiovascular pieces of equipment. And they're like, oh, I can never get a good workout on an elliptical or I can never. I'm like, no, no, no. That, that's an inanimate object. It's a machine that you're, it's not the machine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's you on the machine, you know, don't, don't blame the machine. So it's the same, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah, man. And so as we begin to wrap up our conversation, the foundation of my work and of this podcast is to help people create an extraordinary life without regret. What advice would you have for somebody who wants to do that? Yeah, I, I would say, Look, it's never too late. This is even going to circle back to what we started. I'm going to use your own words. It's never, you're authoring your own story, right? So it's never too late to change the words on the paper. You can, like that, you can change it. You really can. It, it, it could start today. It could start this second. It could start tomorrow. It could start a month from now. It, nothing is written except what has happened already. That's all. That's up until that moment. Nothing else has yet been written. So every moment you have that opportunity to do that, you have that opportunity to create your own, follow your vision, create your own self, create your story. You just reminded me of, there's two people that come to mind. Unfortunately, I don't remember their names, but there is this woman, she's African-American woman. I think she's like 72 or 73, at least when I saw the story, which might've been a couple of years ago, she's a bodybuilder. And you may know who I'm talking about, but again, like there's a picture of her and I saw it on Instagram years ago. And it was her side by side with this other lady who was also like 72, 73. But she wasn't taking care of herself physically from an exercise perspective. Now, exercise, you know, like some people who are listening probably know far more than I do about this. But exercise not only is good for the body and you're enhancing, you have a mood boost that comes with it, but it increases something called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. You're enhancing your brain health, your cognitive function, your alertness, focus, all that. Decreasing anxiety, promoting well-being. All this wonderful stuff happens when you exercise. And so often we come up with the excuses of why we can't. I'm too old for that. And then you see this lady, 71, 75, whatever she was around that age. And the lady looks bigger than some guys that I know. And you see her and you say, wow, like that's so inspiring. And in that photo that I saw, the side-by-side comparison of the two women in their 70s, it basically said, both of these women are 72, 73, whatever it was, you know, which one do you choose to kind of model yourself after? because they're both different stories about one says, of course I can do this. Of course it's a priority. Of course I got to make it happen. And the other one's like, oh, I'm too old for that. It hurts. I can't do that. 
But like we said, there's always a way to, to fit your own situation and your own current kind of body situation, certain pain, certain joint issues, all that, whatever, to making it work for you. And so the, the first part of just, it's never, it's never too late. And the second thought was this guy, he's a hundred, I think he's 104 at the time. And he was an Indian guy, 104 years old. And he ran the New York city marathon. Get out. And there's a video. Of, I saw the picture. It's him and some of his people around him, 104 skinny dude. And, uh, he did it in like six hours or it's like five hours something like that and just to think that there are people that are half his age that wouldn't even try that before right. you know it's like what if we were That's to come insane, up with man. the idea that to a certain degree age is just a story it's just a right. number yes it's true that the 104 year old guy is not going to win the new york city marathon yes when he's yes. competing against like an 18 or a 25 year old right. like he can do it now, granted, obviously, everyone's situation is different, but where are you buying into the story of why you can't do what you would like to do? And what if, like Joshua said, you allow your past to be your past and you say, if I had no limitations, what would I want to do? What would be fun? What could be exciting? And from that space, you make it happen however you can. So maybe you're like, oh, you know, I'd love to run, but my knees and my joints and I can't do that, then swim. It's like there's always right. something that you're able something to else to make it happen. Agreed. Um, and so yeah. similar, potentially similar to your previous, the previous question I asked you, but I always love to ask this question toward the end. If you were in your final moments and this was your last opportunity to share anything that's on your heart, that's on your mind to help the people who are listening, what would you want to make sure you leave them with? Yeah, to be completely transparent, I, I think because of what I do for, for a living, that doesn't define who I, who I am in my entirety. I have the same fears and insecurities as it pertains to fitness as my own clients. I'm not some superman because I am a trainer. I am, I am not this like athletically gifted individual because this is what I do. I, I had the same, you know, issues that other people face. I have injuries. I have surgeries. I have things about my body I wish I could change. I have my own physical ailments that I'm always trying to learn more about and educate myself on further so I can get past them. I'm in the same boat as everybody else. Just because I'm telling you all this stuff does not mean I don't have to go through these own experiences just like everybody else, because I do. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And I hope that through what Joshua shared, what I shared, like these different stories that, you know, we go through it too. And yet, you know, we help people with this stuff. It's like nobody is this kind of being of perfection, at least in the physical sense, that doesn't deal with any challenges, any ups and downs, any problems, any insecurities, any fears. We all have that, but it's, do you live there? And do you let that stop you? And when we realize it's like, no, 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 I'm not going to choose that. Then what will you choose? And then you get clear on that and you go do it. And so what would you say is either the biggest risk that you've taken or a decision that you've made that you're deeply grateful for and why? Maybe something that really shaped your life up until this point. Right, right. Well, I would say from a business standpoint, it, it, you know, it's amazing what you become capable of when you're, when you're forced into a corner. And I know pandemic affected everybody differently, but, you know, uh, next to restaurants, gyms got hit the hardest. The, the, the whole, my whole business model <laughs> was not viable anymore. You know, it's just, it wasn't, it, things are starting to get back to the way they were, but they're never going to be really the way they were completely. That's fine. But, you know, trying something that I used to be vehemently against was the virtual work. And I'm like, virtual workout. I used to joke that takes the personal out of personal training. I used to say, there's no way I'm going to do that. Why would I do that? I need to be hands-on. I need to be in person. And all of a sudden, you know, this speaks to everything we just talked about, Jimmy. I was like, I, I just like identified myself my entire life as a certain way. And now I'm forced to re-examine that. And like, you know, maybe it, it doesn't have to work that way. Maybe it can work a different way. Maybe I can try this this way, even though with every being of me, I was against it. 
I think it takes a lot in, in any walk of life to swallow that and say, you know what, maybe I was wrong about this. Maybe I was ignorant about this. Maybe I didn't look at it the right way. That, that takes a lot. You got to swallow a lot of pride to, to do that. And I think that's, you know, something I, I feel fortunate that I had maybe the humility to, to do as such and to maybe reexamine and admit that maybe I, you know, that I, I was wrong. I was wrong about something. And, you know, I, it's not too late to change your mind. Yeah, that's a, such a beautiful answer. And I, I would hope that everyone listening knows that you also have within you at least as a possibility, even if you haven't chosen it up until this point, the humility and the courage to make that same decision. Because if you're so certain that life going forward is going to be a certain way because how it was in the past, then in a way you kind of have one future. But if you allow the past to be the past and you recognize going forward, it could be kind of anything. Now you have all of these options to choose from. And it's like, what is it that you really want? And so what is it now currently that you're working on that's exciting you? Right. So uh, in, in, we're here, we're based, look, we're all around because we're virtual, but uh, we're based in New York City. So uh, a big target that we're, we're trying to follow more through on, and we have to some extent developed relationships with hotels. Uh, there's a several high-end hotels in Manhattan that we are the currently the fitness concierge service at, where a guest checks into the hotel and they want a, a trainer workout, they want a yoga workout, they want anything front desk of the concierge contacts us directly. And I set them up with a member of my team. So we do two hotels right now. One is the Greenwich hotel in Tribeca. One is the Mandarin hotel at Columbus circle. And uh, this is great. People check in, they want to work out. They were subcontracted by the hotel. And, you know, my goal for this upcoming fall is to get into some more of these hotels mm. and to put together the strategy to do as such. So that's our main focus right now. Yeah, so just a call to action and a, and a loving challenge for everyone listening. Maybe there, no matter where you are in the world, maybe there's a hotel that you stay at regularly. Maybe there's a place that you kind of call your second home, right? And maybe their exercise, their, the services they provide isn't up to you know, your standard. Maybe you can, if you really resonate it with Joshua and what he does, maybe you can find a way to connect those two. So now. He wins, you win, the hotel wins, the world's a better place. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, that's right. You know, Joshua, how can our listeners connect with you if they want to work with you, if they want to learn more, if they want to just keep in touch? Sure. No, definitely. The, 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 our best vehicle is the website. Uh, you know, we're Mind Over Matter NYC. You can check us out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Mind Over Matter NYC. Uh, but the website, you can go on there. You can set up a 15-minute consultation, uh, complimentary with myself just to try to get an idea of like setting up a direction of uh, what you want to do from a fitness standpoint. Uh, again, another cliche, the hardest part is just getting started. That's the hardest part. You take that step. Once we connect, then we can figure out a strategy for you going forward. Fantastic. And now just to be clear, that's mind over matter, NYC, the com. Yep. Correct. And I'll have all the links to everything Joshua just said in the show notes. So you can click them and they're easy to find. If you enjoyed our conversation, it would really mean a lot. If you left a review, whether it's on Apple or Spotify or a YouTube comment, share this with at least one person that you know would benefit. It really goes a long way and subscribe so you get updated as new episodes come out. Joshua, is there anything you'd like to say before we close? Uh, I pretty much said, every, said everything I had to say, but thanks for having me again. I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for being with, being with us and for taking the time and so generously giving of your own life experience. You know, like I said in the beginning, my life's purpose is to help leaders, champions, and high performers to experience more happiness, peace, and fulfillment as they create an extraordinary life without regret. If you'd like to have a conversation to see if or how I can help you either solve a challenge in your mindset, your business, your relationship, all aspects of that, or maybe there's a goal that you have that you'd love to make that real in 10 months rather than 10 years, I'd love to have a conversation with you. You can book that at jamilsayage.com. And if you're looking for blogs, videos, content, other podcast episodes. You can find all that on my Instagram and Facebook at Dr. Jamil Sayaj on Instagram and Facebook is just Jamil Sayaj. I'll also have that in the show notes as well as everything Joshua shared. Thank you again so much, Joshua, for being with us, for our listeners. Thank you for your time, your attention, your energy. 
like I say over and over again to you, it's the greatest gifts you can give anyone and you're giving it to us right now. And I deeply appreciate that. Please listen to what we talked about. Take notes, apply, apply, apply. Like Joshua said right then and there at the end, the hardest part is getting started. But once you do, it's like that snowball metaphor. The snowball starts really small and then it grows bigger and bigger and bigger. And before you know it, you're loving your exercise. You're seeing dramatic improvements in your mind and in your body and life is completely different. And when do you get started? Right now. Create a meaningful day. All my love. Bye-bye. Thank you for being with us today. If this conversation served you, it would mean a lot if you left a review and shared this with anyone who may benefit. An Extraordinary Life Without Regret is available to you now. Choose it. It's your time.